And they are back in action coming up this weekend here on the Blitz 1170. It is a light week for OSU basketball, a much-needed respite from a uh, busy, busy schedule for them. Also, don't forget, coming up on Sunday, we also have the By God Daytona 500 right here on the Blitz uh, as the NASCAR season will officially kick off with hopefully without a rain delay. I don't think I told you guys this. So when was that? The fourth, the weekend b- before the Super Bowl, when they were running the clash at the Coliseum. So that race was scheduled for Sunday. My daughter had kept her room clean for an entire month. So I been I told her, <laughs> I said, listen, if you keep your room clean for a month, we'll go to Dave and Buster's. We're at Dave and Buster's. It is four o'clock in the afternoon. And I get this email from uh, the NASCAR folks that are like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're running the race at 7 o'clock tonight. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, thanks for the heads up on that. You got three hours to go through and, and change everything when I'm out here with, with family time. So let's just hope that everything goes properly coming up this Sunday with the uh, Daytona 500. Um, all right. Let's talk about some of our local teams here for just a second. Before we get to basketball, we'll include everything into one one big segment here on the local front. Let's start with a few numbers. Did uh, any of you guys take a peek at the totals that we have so far here for college football? And if you haven't, do you want to take any guesses at where an outlet like FanDuel might have with our with our local teams? We'll start first with Oklahoma State. Have, have either of you cheated? Have you seen these numbers? I saw somebody had I seven have, and yeah. a half. Okay, all right. Well, s- screw both of you then. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Um, yes, Oklahoma State, FanDuel right now, has them at their over-under prop number at seven and a half for Oklahoma State. That feels low and feels like something that you could potentially make a wager on if you are the gambling type. Because if you were to just say right now, Oklahoma State, over 7.5, I wouldn't even have to pause on that. I, I Yes, yes, all day. over 7.5 all day long. I don't know where they're kind of getting this number from and whether they've put any effort into this at all. But let's go down the list here of teams that are have the same number or above where Oklahoma State is at. So joining them in the seven and a half club from FanDuel is TCU and Iowa State. UCF, Tech, Kansas, and Arizona are at eight and a half. Even with losing a head coach, Arizona's at eight and a half. And Utah and Kansas State are next up at over under nine and a half. Uh, thoughts on some of those numbers? I'm I'm I mean floored by the Oklahoma State one. It, it it baffles me to the point that I'm thinking, what do they know about this team next year that I don't? <laughs> yes. Right, like because it's it's. There are some schedules out there that you can just look at the schedule, regardless of how good you think the team is, right, or how bad you think the team is. There are schedules out there that the schedule alone makes sense for what the number is, right? It does. This isn't one of those schedules where you think, like, 
even if Oklahoma State's good, they could they could go six and six type of thing. Like it almost to me says they expect Oklahoma State to be bad. If, I know. If that's where they're putting it, because this schedule I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, but it's not one of those that gives me a ton of pause. What was like, the total for example, we'll get into OU schedule in a moment, I assume, but like OU schedule is brutal. OU could be really good and and go six and six next year, right? Like that is that is a feasible thing with how how difficult their gauntlet is. I don't think Oklahoma State has nearly the same level of weekly competition and tough matchups that would suggest that the number should be that low. So was the total for Oklahoma State heading into this season? Was it six and a half? Do am I out of my mind? I feel like for this year, that's right. Six yeah. and a half or seven and a half. Yeah, like it was pretty low. Like yeah. the same number. I swear it was six and a half. That would make a ton more sense considering the offseason that they had gone through and the loss via roster and everything else that was going into just a wild, wild time from head coach comments all the way down. I can completely understand that one. And there were people that were questioning that one. There were some people that thought, you know what, six and a half? Nah, I, I don't know, especially with the way that the season started at one point. But to basically be back at the exact same number this season for them, I mean, I'm sitting here complaining, but I'm like, I might, I don't know, like to drive to Kansas, maybe get down on that or or get a VPN. But even – so. I, I get it. You you add Utah and Arizona, and Kansas is at a certain level in into the conference. Kansas State kind of speaks for itself of where they've been, but I I don't know. I just thought that that would be a much higher number than what it is, even with a loss of like Oklahoma and Texas off of the conference schedule coming up for this year. The only th- shocking. The only thing I could think of when I saw that number is they just went by past history in the Mike Gundy era. Because if you look back through the Mike Gundy era, every year when there's been high expectations going into a season, like there are next year at OSU, it's when the team kind of falters. So I don't know if maybe that's okay. where they – that was the only thing I could think of. Because you look at it on paper, you're like, why? why where did the seven and a half come from? Well, and the other thing, too, is like, we can sit here and talk about this, but – um, those dudes are really good at what they do. <laughs> Look at the Super Bowl total as as an instance. I mean, it is it's it's pretty damn close. No, they're Dude, they're always they had outliers. Brock Purdy's they had Brock Purdy's rushing total at twelve and a half yards. You know what his rushing total was? That twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve because of the knee at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They had Valdez Scantling's uh, re- uh, receiving yards at what nineteen and a half, and it, it yeah. finished at twenty. What was the money line? <laughs> like, money line was what forty-seven. Guess what? It finished with forty-seven total. Yeah. Like they, they, it, they're really good, really freaking good. That's so, not to say they don't have misses, but yeah, your point is, they're really good at what they do. And and to your your point, it's like, all right, <laughs> do they actually know something? So then that gets us to, I think, what you were alluding to here just a few moments ago, which is from FanDuel, and this came out. And I, I've seen actually two different numbers. Um, 
The one that I have here in front of me, though, at FanDuel is Oklahoma at 7.5. There are some places that have it at 6.5 for Oklahoma. Now, Colby, your point on schedule. I know Alabama's without Saban now, and that kind of changes a little bit of the look, but this is one of the more difficult schedules in totality that Oklahoma's had in a very, very long time from start to finish. So it makes a little bit more sense. Now, I don't know where I'm at right now on the which way I'm leaning. In the over under, if it is seven and a half, but that one at least makes some sense to me mm-hmm. compared to where Oklahoma State is at. Well, my initial thought was at, at seven and a half, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit the under there, and I know that upsets a lot of Sooner fans, but think about that that's going seven and five, right? Yes. That is, let, like, let's just look at the schedule and say That's what the, the most third worst. likely losses are. <laughs> In the last 20 Texas years, by the way. is going to be really good next year, right? That doesn't mean, oh, you can't beat them. I'm just saying Texas will be the betting favorite going into that game. Their right? total, by the way, is 10.5 for Texas. Yeah. They could, they could easily lose to Texas. They go to Oxford and play Ole Miss. That could easily be a loss. Ole Miss's number, by the way, is nine and a half. There you go. At Missouri, also nine and a half. That that at this at this juncture, you would say those three are all underdog games for the Sooners. Alabama. I know it's not Nick Saban's Alabama, but that's still one of the most talented rosters in all of college football. As of today, I would say if you were to get a betting line, I would assume Alabama would be the betting favorite in that game. Yes. And then at LSU to close the season, once again, I think LSU would be the betting favorite. Like, that's that's going 7-5 and five if you don't trip up anywhere else and you lose those games. And again, I don't think they would lose all five of those. But it's it's more than reasonable to suggest that 7-5 and five is, with, is within the realm of possibility. Well, here's the other thing, too, is... I'll I'll go down some of these numbers, but let's let's start putting a total here. So the schools with the highest totals right here from FanDuel, and tell me how many of these are on Oklahoma's schedule. Alabama at nine and a half, check. There's one. LSU at nine and a half, check. Ding. Missouri nine and a half, Ding. check. Ole Miss nine and a half, Ding. check. Texas. Ten and a half, Ding. check. Tennessee, eight and a half, Ding. check. That's six. That's six of the yeah, highest six and totaled. Six is doable. The only other teams that are even close to that number, they miss Georgia, who's at ten and a half total, and they also miss. I'll put A and M on the Tennessee line because their their win total is eight and a half as well. But everyone else, they catch in this yeah. in this schedule. So that one by far makes more sense. Than what Oklahoma and you're on the State road does. for Ole Miss, Missouri, and LSU. Uh-huh. And the Texas game's a neutral site. You only get one of those at home, and it might be the most talented roster of the five. And look, I think Tennessee's a coin flip because it's in Norman. If that were in Tennessee, I would say Tennessee's probably the betting favorite, but being in Norman, to me, that's a coin flip type game. I, also, let's not rule out how difficult going to Auburn is going to be, right? I'm not saying Auburn is a juggernaut, but that is a tough place to go win. 
especially early in the season when Oklahoma may maybe hasn't figured out all their warts yet, right? And an upgraded roster. Yeah. Because he's, as much as I can't stand that dude, he's done a good job of, of getting the roster better for next year. And how many times do OU fans say that they, you know, every year we lose to somebody we're not supposed to? That's that's not even taking into account that, you know, maybe Willie Fritz at Houston gets you, or maybe Willie Fritz's old group Tulane, who nearly beat you a few years ago, gets you, right? Like, this is one of the more difficult schedules and, and fun schedules, I would add, in all of college football. Yes. So throwing... to me, that number isn't even necessarily saying, hey, we think OU is going to be bad. It's just looking at the schedule saying it's very reasonable that you could lose five, six, seven games with this schedule. And you throw in the uncertainty factor of the first year to the new conference. Young quarterback. Young quarterback. Yep. Reshuffling sure. offensive line. Like that, that. We haven't even talked about the football elements. Nope. But yeah, like schedule alone, it makes all the sense in the world that that number would be where it is. With OSU, that's, it's kind of shocking because they don't have nearly the same gauntlet. Uh, all right. Uh, interstitial transitioning here quickly to basketball. I know they were shorthanded last night, was Oklahoma without a uh, big man. But that kind of seemed like the exact same existence that we've had of Sooner basketball, which is riding the roller coaster of up and down, up and down, up and down. That game to me and what I watched of it, now I didn't watch it from start to finish, but a they lose 79 to 62, and there were times where it didn't even feel like it was that close at all. Baylor was on fire last night for the majority of the game. I thought that they really had maybe some of the best offensive flow that I've seen in at least a while. Uh, not only from Baylor, but here in the Big 12, they were knocking down shots from, from deep. And uh, there really wasn't a whole lot that Oklahoma was able to do last night at all, especially when you have that amount of turnovers that the Sooners had last night. But whether you want to just chalk this up to this is what life is inside of the Big 12 Conference or not, but that was about, mm, I think, the uh, the typical Oklahoma-type performance that we've seen where they're, they're good, they're not great, and they should probably continue to hover around this middle pack Big 12 and also tail end in the 25 to 30-something range of the country. Uh, and that, that ranking for them is about right from what I've seen from them so far. Expectations are, are sometimes your worst enemy. And if you think about the football season, you know they come off this year that was massively disappointing, right? And when the season starts... The expectation is just to simply get better, right? Yes. Coming off a losing season, simply get better. And then you reach this point where all of a sudden the sky's the limit, right? And you readjust your expectations. And so when the dust settles at the end of the year, what we thought at the beginning of the year would have been a massively successful season feels like a bit of a disappointment because the expectations were adjusted within the year, right? Yes. Same thing, I think, with this basketball team for Oklahoma. Like, if you look at, at that team a year ago, and, I mean, record aside, that was a bad watch last year for Porter Moser's group. 
Coming into the year, if we had just, I think, experienced what we've experienced to this point, I think everybody would say massively improved, way better product. Oh, yeah. And this is a giant step in the right direction. But because they experienced success at a certain point and, you know, the ranking got really high and expectations were adjusted, now all of a sudden I think we're seeing what Oklahoma probably was the whole way and it kind of feels like a, I guess a bit of a disappointment. We skip from the where process. they were, but yeah, it's I, like I, I think if you look at it on the big scale, this is about where Oklahoma was supposed to be this year. This is a, this is kind of who they were, and I think the expectations maybe just incorrectly got moved way too high. And you know, I, I think even I think I, and I will give the Sooner fans a lot of credit because I think even when they were having success early in the season, we've talked about it, there was cautious optimism. I don't think there were a bunch of basketball fans feeling like, you know, th- this thing is is ours to, to go take. It was very cautious in, in the excitement level, and I think you're seeing why there was a lot of that caution now. Oklahoma's just, the reality, not on the same level as the upper-tier teams in this conference. And that's not to say they're bad. They've taken a big step in the right direction. They're just not... I think that top level. Yeah, I think that you're you're dead on with the step in the right direction element of this, and they got off to a really good start, and everyone like skipped ahead maybe too many spaces on the on, on the monopoly board about what what potentially that this could look like without really having an understanding of what the true substance was. But yes, absolutely much better than what they have been in the past and moving forward. Now, can you keep him? Because there's another job opening today. I guess whose name was already made at the top of the potential candidate list. And this is a much different scenario than, say, what the DePaul job is. Yeah, this is is a DePaul. This is a, have you seen what we're doing NIL-wise? Have you seen what, what sort of resources that we potentially have for you? And, of course, what I'm speaking of is Ohio State, whose job came open today. I mean, you're just you're talking about a school that from a basketball perspective, okay? Basketball. What's been the main topic about Oklahoma State, whether or not that they would maybe move on from Mike Boyden? Yeah, financially, we just can't make we can't swing it right now. Ohio State yeah. just said we're gonna eat fourteen million dollars in basketball salary. <laughs> not even blink. We can't stand I, for I this. I would just I would suggest that if you're willing to spend fourteen million to buy out a coach, Porter Moser's probably not the hire. That was going to be my next point, <laughs> is I think that his name just kind of gets thrown <laughs> thrown there. Um, much like Niner fans are just convinced right now that, oh, well, we just moved on from Steve Wilkes. You know who we should go get? Bill Belichick. Oh, okay, all right. Everyone just has wish lists, and you have – and every writer, every website has to do what? Cobble together a list. That's what we want. We want lists. We want dumb right. photoshops, and we want lists. That's what this has turned into. And I, I think his name is just a list guy, uh, unless Ohio State just swings and misses on three or four different candidates, and they happen to have that happen there. But, yeah, I, I agree with you on the, on the candidate front. I mean, there, there are coaches that just fail up regularly, so you never know. But, you know, Porter Moser – I don't think has done anything at OU that would warrant, I think, getting a bigger gig than he currently has. 
And I think that Ohio State job is definitely, just given the, the financial resources, uh, I think it's a, a better gig at the present time than OU. And yeah, I just, I just, I'd, I'd be stunned if they paid $14 million to hire, to get rid of their coach and get a new guy and they got Porter Moser. And I, I would imagine the Ohio State fan base might lose their minds. I almost feel like that you you have to throw the no offense in there in front of that. Like that fits that description that you just said. Like, no offense. Yeah, I mean, but... like, I don't think he's a bad coach, but ha- what has he done at OU that would suggest that it's time yeah. to take an, another step up? <laughs> I, it just it was just so funny because I saw that happen today and his name was like one of the first ones that I saw on on a variety of different of lists course. that come out there yeah Crazy. and I think he's a good coach I think he can have success oh yeah but yeah, yeah. that's I, I just looking at at things from where we are today that that doesn't seem like it would make a lot of sense all right, it is uh, 4.31. we got to hit a timeout. we got a snack for you coming up here in just a bit. I have some audio for you in the snack on top of uh, getting back to our regularly scheduled birthdays and important dates in history. As much as I love Brett Hall from the St. Louis Blues Parade, if there was one positive thing that came out of the parade today, and I even hate bringing that up at all, but there was a moment before we had the – tragic shooting that happened today at the Kansas City Parade that I think in terms of I think I'm using this term properly bacchanalian behavior which basically means like drunk with wildness uh, it came from a Chiefs player that matches Brett Hall uh, we'll play that coming up in the snack that's coming up in about 15 minutes from now but when we come back live from inside the Tulsa Oilers hockey studios Colby Daniels will take the reins next year on the Blitz 1170